Danger, danger. Welcome back to the highway with Kyle Shutt. We have got Mr. Dick Valentine from my favorite band, Electric Six. I know I say every band's my favorite band, but it's because I have a lot of favorite bands, okay? Full disclosure, this episode was recorded a little bit back in the uh, in the quarantine days, so there's a, a couple of things that might be out of date, especially now since uh, the world's opening back up. Since bands have tour dates, and uh, Electric Six is going to be out all of uh, this summer and fall, I'm sure, so... Go to their websites, check out all that good stuff. Go see them live. They are so much fun. If you like what you've been hearing on the program, you can go ahead and ring that little bell, click that little button, whatever kind of shit the internet puts there for you to, to remind you to listen to every new episode. It really helps us out. And if you want to go one step further, you can find us at patreon.com slash the highway for as little as two, count them, $2 a month. You can help keep the show running. You can get yourself a shout out, get a postcard in the mail. You can help me put a six-pack of beer in my fridge. The list goes on and on. But, uh, yeah, let's read the fine print this week. Who gets a shout-out this week? Mr. Mike Bax. Thank you, Mike. We got Chris Haynes, Joe Fleischer, Gavin Mahan, Campbell Swanson. Without you beautiful people, I'd be doing this in the dark. We also have to give some love to our sponsors, Heil Sound. Because if you like the way I sound, it's because there's a Heil in front of me, baby. That's enough for the fine print. Let's start doing things my way. The Highway. Dick Valentine, what's up, buddy? My name is Dick Valentine. I'm, I'm in the band Electric Six. <laughs> that's that's all we need to know. Uh, thanks so much for doing this for me. I really appreciate it. Uh, one of my favorite bands of all time, Electric Six. Uh, just uh, just phenomenal rock and roll music. Uh, just catchy as hell. Um, uh, I, I guess for the listeners that don't know that Electric Six is my favorite band, uh, you want to tell everyone just kind of like a, a quick little overview, kind of like where you came from and and uh, what you're doing today. Uh, sure, happy to. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm ready to talk. I'm. Um, I. I, I uh, the band started in 1996 in the in the in the city of Detroit, Michigan, and uh, we were called the Wild Bunch then. And uh, it was five guys who went to high school together. And uh, I think I was 24 years old when the band started. And um, you know, we gigged around Detroit as an unsigned band for about six years. And then, um, you know, around the, the 2000 2001, the whole thing with the White Stripes happened. And that whole scene got a bunch of attention uh, that it would not have gotten without uh, without the White Stripes, and um, and we were kind of in the second wave of bands to get scooped up by uh, you know London-based record labels, and uh, uh, one of them, XL, was the one we ended up signing with, and they were able to work our songs, Danger High Voltage and Gay Bar, um, get some really good videos behind them, and uh, turn us into D-level celebrities for a year. Uh, but uh, that <laughs> that year, uh, we get kind of got our foot in the door to become more of a touring cult following type band. And, uh, you know, we just, uh, kept going at it and kept going at it and kept touring and taking shows. And even though like XL dropped us and, and we signed with Warner and they dropped us and we just somehow just kept going. We were like musical cockroaches and just kept taking shows. And it, it, it turned into, uh, what it is now, which where we have like 14, 15 albums and, um, and, and doing all kinds of things on the side and, uh, just have, um, a, a cult following, for lack of a better word, and it's it's it's, it's kind of what I wanted to do when we started the thing in the first place. So I'm a very happy man. 
That's great. Uh, you know, I actually found out about y'all uh, in the UK. Uh, if we were we were on a tour over there, and um, a lot of the tour buses over there will have like a hard drive full of movies and just music videos and everything like that. And uh, yeah, I'd never heard of you, but then we were watching the music video kind of catch that they had, and the video for Danger High Voltage came on, and I was just like, "What is this? I I need to know what this is." <laughs> uh, and uh, I think. At that time, y'all had just put out your fifth album or sixth, maybe, and so yeah, it was like a whole cult thing where I was like, "Oh man, it's that, I've never heard of this band, and they have six albums I can geek out on." And, and so it was great, um, just getting into y'all that way. That that oh, exact oh, oh. when I when I was uh, I'm sorry to cut you off, but like that no, no, when please. I was when I when I was in high school, um, uh, that that that's what happened to me with REM. Like uh, I I found out about REM like like when Document came out, you know. And so, like, not only was it like I was like way into um, what was the like the one I love was the first song I heard from them. Mm-hmm. I really like, and then I'm like, wait, these guys have like six more albums. <laughs> and so <laughs> I was just like every day, every every week going to the store and like I picked up Murmur and then I picked up Reckoning and it was just, it was like, holy shit, I missed all this music and it's like that's a great feeling when like your, your new favorite band like has a, a extensive back catalog. So I know. I, I, I know the feeling well. I, I wish I could go back. Like if the, if I had a genie in a, in a lamp and I had three wishes, I would totally blow like two of them on stupid stuff. Like I wish I could go back and hear the Pixies again for the first time or something like that. You know, like I I miss when music was new and fresh. And yeah, yeah, it, no, it's yeah, really the, tough I, for me to get the, into stuff these days. That that exact band was the same thing. Like the first time I heard them, I was like, you know, I'd heard the name and just like. Wasn't you know wasn't that impressed with the name of the band Pixies? Like I don't want to listen to a band called Pixies, and then like, <laughs> the, then you hear the music and it's just like holy shit. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, I, I know that I know that feeling well, and um, it's it, it doesn't happen as often these days, but every now and then it does. Right. Well, uh, speaking of uh, getting your videos on MTV and, and being shuffled around by major labels and, and all that garbage, kind of coming up in that that scene of when music still seemed important, I, I guess on a, a mass cultural level. Uh, rock, rock and roll, at least. Uh, if you want, you know, you don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. But what was it like, kind of just getting shuffled around by the suits like that? Was it was it disheartening, or did it was it just kind of like something that you knew you were going to have to deal with, and you just didn't care? You were just kind of deal with it, and just get, it's just so you can get, can get to the point to play the show. That was always the point for me was playing the show, and you have to deal with a lot of shit to get to that point. Yeah, I, I mean, it was, it was uh, disheartening, um, uh, specifically with XL, just because. Um, you know, we we jumped through a lot of hoops for them. You know, we did uh, we did things uh, that they asked us to do that you know not not that we weren't comfortable with, but we rearranged schedules and jumped through every hoop for them, and then ended up just getting let go. Um, in retrospect, you know, like a business is business, and I'm not like uh, you know I got over it pretty quickly. But um, yeah, at the time you were just like, man, we did everything these guys asked, and they just kick us out the door anyway. But then you realize it's just it's, it's all about sales. It's all about Perception, um, you know, we definitely um, perception-wise didn't really fit on that label very well. I think they saw us as an opportunity to be um, the next Darkness, the next Scissor Sisters, and that didn't exactly happen uh, uh, sales-wise. So uh, the writing was on the wall at that point. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I remember that year after getting dropped, like you know, we had a couple tours booked, and we're like, fuck it, let's just do the tours. We don't, you don't have to have a label to do a tour. And then um, that, that, like I said, uh, helped us. That kind of attitude helped us, helped us to transition into um, what we've become now. Because you know, it's a, it, it's not a hundred percent DIY, but it's a much more of a DIY situation than it was in those days. You can't do everything yourself. I, I try to, but it, it's very difficult. You do have to have a, a team of people, like a not necessarily a label, but you, you have to have somebody else besides just the people in the band. <laughs> because it's just there's a lot to to take care of you know well from, that, from that version, was yeah that that was the the whole point like when, when the internet you know uh and you know napster and you know came and like everyone was like oh you don't need labels anymore like 
now you can just throw throw an MP3 on the internet and become a superstar. I'm like, nah, it doesn't work that way because people have to be told what to like. You know, <laughs> it's like you that know, is so true. Yeah, you can't you can't just like you know you know, and th- that was that was always my argument with shit like you know. On alternative radio in the 90s, like l- driving around listening to Days of the New, and it's like, you know, I mean, I don't know if you know people in that band or whatever, but it was just like, I, I was like, this, like, this, this, this is not, this is not timeless music. This is, this is, uh, this is a, a terrible song, yet it's a hit. And the reason it's a hit is because somebody plugged it, uh, you know, over and over and over again. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, you know, the, the, to me, that was like you know, that, that era of like, oh, like Seven Mary Three and stuff like that was like, if you just play something on the radio, it's going to be a hit. <laughs> yeah, and that <laughs> was like it was like the new version of the payola from leftover from the seventies. It was just yeah, the, the payola still exists. It just evolved in different ways. Uh, our, the the swords experience with radio was really disheartening for me because the just what I learned in, in doing. I'm I'm a real like kind of. I'm not a know-it-all, but I, I hate that I'm not a know-it-all, and I, I want to know it all. So I do a lot of research and, and, and homework and stuff whenever I get into something. And I found that with especially with modern radio. Um, they're only going to play stuff that sounds exactly like everything else that's on the radio. Like, I'm, I'm like the stuff with the drum tones, uh, the the vocal register, the guitar tones, things like that. That's why it all sounds the same. And so, like, whenever you're a band that doesn't sound like what's on the radio, it's not that you can't hit it like uh, like a band like Tame Impala that kind of can come in with a fresh sound and just sort of take over everything. Um, you know, the, they're not going to play you. Like, they're going to just skip right over you. Uh, people that are listening to the radio, nine times out of ten, if they hear a song they've never heard before, will change the station. So just, like, knowing all this stuff and, like, what we were going up against and everything, I was just like, why are we wasting money on this radio campaign? They're never going to play us. And even if you do get a hit, like a band like uh, Papa Roach or something like that, if you get one hit, like you're sort of grandfathered in now to where they're just going to play your next song no matter what just because people already understand it. It's, radio's a, a, a funny beast, man, because it's just, I don't know. It's, it, well, Amer- American, yeah. radio, uh, American radio always has been. I mean, right. uh, our, our saving grace was that we got signed to a, a, an English label and um, you know the BBC and European radio uh, had a much more extensive playlist and was more friendly to rock and roll. Um, so, I mean... You know, it was it was we tried to like get danger on like K Rock and and stuff and and just they weren't having it and that was the end of it. We had no chance of breaking America at that point. It's basically two two radio stations, uh, you know, decide <laughs> what's going to be on every playlist. That is so and, crazy. And we actually and we actually saw that like uh, there was one uh, alternative radio station in Oklahoma City called the Spy, which was not not part of Clear Channel or what I don't know, but they they weren't part of the umbrella, but they were their own independent thing, and they were playing Danger High Voltage all the time. And we saw that like in those early shows. We would come to Oklahoma City and play to like seven hundred people, and then then we'd drive to Dallas the next day and play to fifty. <laughs> that's like <laughs> that's that was the power of radio. It was it was nuts. With it with being signed to a, a label from the UK, do you think that was reflective of your level of success there, and maybe in Europe versus the US? Was it purely like the label's headquarters being yeah foreign to to the US at least? Oh, I mean, uh, you know, I'll, I'll back it up by saying uh, I'm so glad it worked out that way. As, as somebody, uh, you know, when, when I got my record deal, I'd never left North America. And so um, being able to have more opportunities in Europe um, just as a curious person was amazing to me. So, I mean, I'm, I'd much rather like, you know, even if you break America, you might have more money. But um, the experiences that I've had, like going to Europe as often as I did and, and you know, to me, that's I, I like that um, a, a lot more. You know, I know there were a couple of bands from Detroit that like had like American success, but like you never went to England, you know, and it's like, I, I, you know, like that, that, that's good too. But I, I, I'd, I'd rather have the, the situation I've had. Cause it's been really cool to go over and like be a more, you know, an international, you know, I'm kind of like 
We're not quite Pitbull. We're not like Mr. Worldwide, but we're... we're uh, <laughs> Citizen of the world, yeah. Yeah, you know? yeah a little bit. So that, that's been cool. Uh, in terms of, yeah, I mean, XL is, you know, they, they do all their... I mean, they have Beggars America, which, um, you know, was their arm over here. But, the, you know, I think their, the impetus was for us to sell a lot of records in the UK specifically and then, you know, whatever we could get out of Europe. And that was that was the idea. Man. I miss touring. I miss touring so much. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, for those of you that don't know, we're having this conversation smack dab in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, all of our, uh, I mean, shit, dude, I was going to open a bar in March. I mean, the, er, everything <laughs> I do uh, relies on the largest amount of people gathered possible. So it's um, it's it's been an interesting time for people like us that are just used to going out, traveling the world, getting in people's faces and stuff. How are you holding up uh, dealing with uh, being sta- uh, staying at home? Because you're still in New York, right? Yeah, I'm in New York. I mean, that, that's been, a, I mean, I have... Um two daughters an eight-year-old and a three-year-old and having a having a three-year-old in the middle of a, a pandemic in a new york city apartment is not optimal um uh yeah. but back backing up to what you, i mean the thing is uh electric six and then i do solo touring as well like acoustic shows um and i've done quite a few of those i've toured really really hard for the last 17 years <laughs> so yeah totally. uh, as much as i as much as i miss <laughs> as I, I mean i do i miss it and i want to go out you know as soon as i can play a show i'll be right back out there but this has been very good for me because i've been cognizant of needing to take a year off, hit the reset button. And like, it's been tough to actually make that decision for myself. So the pandemic made that decision for me, um, which, which is good. I mean, I know we, everyone in the band misses it. Um, I, but I think, you know, myself and, and Nash were the ones with kids. Um, you know, uh, we're very cognizant of the fact that we get to spend more time with our kids and, um, that's, that's, that's been good. So we'll, I mean, you know, this vaccine, uh, all this vaccine, uh, <laughs> malarkey looks like it's, it's going to work out. And, uh, you know, and hopefully by this time next year, we'll all be back on the road. And that, you know, that, that gives me a lot of hope. Yeah. It's, it's forced me cause I'm such a long game kind of person. Like I, I constantly plan my life, you know, six months ahead of time, just being in the, the band yet yeah, for like about 17 years too, is about how, how long I was uh, touring hard and stuff like that. It's, it's forced me to live in the moment, just like one day at a time, every single day and just find out like what I can create today that's gonna make at least get that energy out of me and stuff like that and i've actually found that i've I've created much more than whenever i would yeah tour for six months at a time and then come home and do absolutely nothing except smoke weed and play video games until i had kids but um you know (laughs) (laughs) it it, it has been a nice uh yeah it forces you to to uh embrace your domestic side and um yeah like like i said i mean there, there have certainly been days this year where i you know i feel like i'm gonna have a meltdown uh but I think in the, the big picture, this is uh, for me personally. It's it's been good on that particular level. Is just I've you know been around my kids, been around my family. Um, you know, pitched in at home a lot more than than, than I have, and you know, so I'm kind of alleviating guilt. I'm I'm feeling better about myself. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like uh, I feel like Harry Shear at the end of what what is it? Uh, the was like I'm I, I look my best. I play my best. <laughs> you <know, when> you're, <laughs> you're resolved. This is yeah, great. yeah yeah yeah. This that's it. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, and uh, about your solo uh, career, because you do have a new album out, uh, Parrot People. That's or right. Is it out yet, or is it not? Or, or it will be out. I like mean, I, I, you know, like like we're going back to, um, yeah, with Electric Six, it's 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 six man band and managers and 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 stuff. So when I do my solo stuff, I like I'm not even I'm, I don't shop around to labels. I want to do it all myself. I want to sell it out of my bag, sell it on the internet, just do a hundred percent myself. And you know, m- maybe I'm maybe I'm. Not, but not like doing traditional routes of advertising. Maybe I'm, I'm, sh- I'm shorting myself some sales, but I'm not interested in that. <laughs> so, it's, yeah, it's it, 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 you're, you're it, doing the right thing. I do the same yeah, thing with my solo stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, um, so it's out. I mean, it's, it's, the minute the minute the the record is done and I have a physical copy of it, it's out. So I'm I'm doing mail order sales. 
Um, and you know, just anyone who wants a copy of it can get, it, and it'll be on all the like the uh, you know iTunes and Spotify on Christmas Eve. So it's a uh, you know it'll 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 be around. And you know that, that's the thing. Like I go on tour all the time, and uh, you know if if I run out of copies, I'll print up some more. So that that's, that's how that works. I love to uh, just when you put things out yourself and you get to make those decisions on the fly, it's funny. Sometimes a, a random fan will just email me and say, Hey, anything going on? I'll be like, actually, yeah, here, here's some songs. Just take them. You know, like <laughs> I but, love direct, direct fan involvement and just yeah, kind no, of surprising and, people like that sometimes. And the other, I mean, you know, I've, you know, I've great relationships with, uh, you know, the guys in my band, you know, me, me and Nash are, you know, super tight, you know, after 17 years and Tate and Dave and all those guys. But, but I just realized, like, <laughs> I remember ten years ago, like, you know, I think about I want to start, I want to start a side project with this guy. I want to do something with. Then now I'm like, I don't want to do anything with anybody. <laughs> you know, it's like you know, like you, like you know, I'd say like, oh, Kyle Shutt could like, you know, I could do like a, a, a duo with him, and like, you know, I, I'm not saying no, but you know what I mean. It's like now I'm just like, I don't want to play with anybody. <laughs> totally, because like then you're waiting on somebody's somebody else's schedule and then they they took a week to get around to it and by then you're already kind of over it and yeah, I know exactly what you mean. But um, yeah, it's just funny, like you get like, you, you look at who you were a decade ago and, and stuff. Oh, and yeah. Like, and I did, um, I, 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 I've been podcasting a lot myself uh, and putting them on my Patreon page and I did a podcast um, uh, where I talked about the, the 40 greatest uh, shows that I've played with either Electric Six or Solo or whatnot and, um, one of them um, was ten years ago. Uh, you know, I got a, I got an uh, email out of the blue from uh, Courtney Courtney Taylor Taylor Courtney Courtney Taylor, of the, you know, and he he was, he was like, you know, he he just discovered Electric Six and we had a mutual friend, so he got my email and invited me down to go see the Dandy Warhols in, in Baltimore and um, and like ten years ago, I was like, I dropped everything to do that, and it was like it was great, you know, no regrets, but. I'm thinking like if like I'm trying to think bands I love lately like if like Depeche Mode like Martin Gore reached out and said hey we'd love to have you backstage at Madison Square Garden I'm not sure I'd go <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, like I don't want to like I love uh, you know I love to but I'm just like you know I got yeah, I got to make a dinner for the kids and you know like totally. that kind of thing yeah it's just like I, I so I talk about that in my podcast I was like ten years ago like I dropped everything to go like hang out with the Dandy Warhols and watch them take drugs and have a great night and and now i'm just like i wouldn't there's no scenario where i would do that (laughs) i think it's a noel gallagher he said that if if you're doing the same thing at 47 as you were at 27 you're a fucking asshole yeah Uh, yeah yeah, it's just you know but yeah yeah i get i get so much um you know and i've always been kind of vanilla uh rated pg in my partying you know I, i i i just you know, I, I I pick and choose my nights and uh, and uh, you know treat it like you know I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go nuts on a Monday. If if I do go nuts, it'll probably be a Saturday with you know with a night off the next day kind of thing. And so and like, too, because I, you you do run a lot of the business operations on tour, uh, in yeah. addition to being in the band, right? Well, yeah, it's that, but I mean, also just I've just always had a, a, a shitty tolerance. Like if I, you know if I if I <laughs> if, 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 I mean it's not it's not pleasurable for me if I if I drink like half half a bottle of Jack Daniels, I'm gonna be throwing up all night. So I'm mean, like it's. Yeah. Just, yeah, I, I'm, I've never been the sort of person to to do that. But uh, my, my point is, like, even with my job, when touring happens, I mean, I get I get enough action and enough fun that you know to last me a lifetime. So I mean, I, I don't really, <laughs> I don't really uh, go go out seeking it anymore. I heard that, man. Yeah. Um, it's, it, also, uh, one thing I did want to ask you about the solo stuff, because um, the name, and you don't have to talk about this if you don't want to, but um, the name Dick Valentine coming up with that kind of character, that kind of persona. Uh, for Electric Six, was that something that you you definitely like went into the band knowing you wanted to do, or did that character kind of come up later, or and and then after that, kind of going into your solo stuff, is that sort of an extension of Electric Six, or is that just sort of you just went with the stage name because you know that that's what people are going to recognize you as? 
Uh, you know, I mean, nothing in the early days of Electric Six, uh, at least for, at least from my perspective. You could talk to some of those other guys, but I, I, I never thought the band was going to ever like play outside of Detroit. I never, I, I was never like, we're going to start a band and we're going to be gazillionaires someday. I was just like, I got a shitty job and I need something to like to like <laughs> make my weekends better. Like I need an outlet. You know, that that's all I ever saw the Wild Bunch and then the Electric Six being. And so like just playing shows at the Gold Dollar in Detroit, that, that was I thought that was as far as the band was ever going to go. So that said, any like any decision we made, like stage names, um, was not about like calculating like, what people want to see. It was just we were twenty four years old and we were idiots. It was just like, you know, <laughs> the name Dick Valentine. Like I, I thought, it, I thought it sounded like the name of like a, you know, nineteen twenties band leader. You know, like you know Dick Valentine and the and the, the horns of Satan. You know that kind of thing. <laughs> and, 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 and so that that was it. Um, the persona, I think, like the, the um, you know, we wore suits um, in in those days just because that was like the 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 height of shoegazer music, you know, I was just, I was tired of turning up the magic stick and seeing like you know dudes and like you know t-shirts with holes in them and and you know and you know the shoegazer stuff like so we were I, I was just kind of trying to be the antithesis of, of that you know let's put on suits again you know I, I think I went um I went to a reggae bar in Chicago uh, underage like it was it was called the Wild Hair I was think I was like nineteen or twenty years old got into this reggae bar where they weren't carting people and. Um, it was one of the first bars that I was went to, you know, because uh, I was under 21. And the band, the reggae, they were all wearing these suits, these expensive, really well-tailored suits. And I was like, that's how I want to look. <laughs> I want to look like those guys. <laughs> so uh, that was it. Uh, and that's, you know, and then, um, you know, the, the, the rest, I guess, of the Dick Valentine persona, whatever that is, I think is just really cultivated from the Danger High Voltage video. I mean, that, you know, that that character with the mustache and everything. Mm. I mean, th- that was, you know, I, <laughs> I burst so many bubbles that year, like people meeting me in real life and like, you know, just seeing me dressed like a potato and no mustache. And, and, <laughs> and like, there's so where's Dick Valentine? Where's the man from the, like right here. <laughs> You're not Dick Valentine. You're... <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's how it's gone for a long time. But that, I mean, like you say, that video has so much staying power and, um, yeah. I think uh, you know if I get diagnosed with a terminal disease, maybe maybe I will just do like an uh, you know the, the farewell tour and just just re, you know re, re, reenact that video over and over Pretty again for an, yeah for yeah, an hour. Right. <laughs> so there you go. All all your videos are fantastic. Uh, the gay bar video with all the Lincolns, um, even through uh, Switzerland and all that. I just I, I always thought your music videos were just uh, a cut above in, in an age when videos really don't matter anymore and they're a total waste of money I hate to admit it or the big budget ones anyway they're, you know they still work but um, god I miss the heyday of yeah MTV that was kind of when I came up watching just anything and everything um, going on and this the sword was kind of one of those bands like we, we were like the the Indiana Jones uh, you know of bands that like barely got our video on MTV right before they just shut the whole thing down and started playing uh, Tyra Banks uh, supermodel shows all the time and stuff but um yeah w- um i don't know how how do you feel about that about just like spending time and energy on music videos these days cuz i'm i'm a film nerd i just love film projects and stuff but it's god it's a a, a, a deep ocean out there yeah um, we don't uh, yeah for those exact reasons i mean we uh, a we've we've done enough videos um that you know the, the thrill is gone it's like you know the thought of spending all day on a set just but you know, so you have to have, you know, in order for you to do it, you have to love the concept because you know it's not gonna, it's not gonna make you any money or move move any more units. Um, you just have to love the concept of the video, do it, do it for for you know because you have you know have a strong idea, and you just have to want to do it. And for that reason, <laughs> I think our bands only had like uh, two official videos in the last decade, and uh, <clears throat> you know, you, you did a, the one that is a shot for shot remake of that Billy Joel video. That was fucking hilarious, man. Yeah, that's the I think that's the last official video we, we we've made. Um, <laughs> 
you know, I, yeah, I, I, I have a very uh, um, a song off my new album, like in my head, I see the video and I just like would love to actually like do the video. But in order to do it, I have to like go out to the, like the Utah salt flats and, and, uh, and get like a, a nuclear device exploding and stuff like that. So that takes time. And I don't have, I don't have that. You might, you might make it, you know, yeah, we, hey, I need 5 million. All right. Yeah, look. Yeah, I had <laughs> It'll be I, um, what was uh, for Human Zoo the song "The Afterlife." I I had I had this concept and we were gonna do it. We were like we were like <laughs> we were like a week a week from shooting it, and uh, you know it was gonna be. Uh, I I thought a great video, and then we just got uh, I won't, won't name name names, but we just got an email from one of the members of the band. He was like, something came up. I can't make that weekend now. And then we just never, <laughs> never shot the video. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that, that was. It's just you know that's that's how it goes, and uh, you know yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, like like you say, it's it's a lot of work for not a lot of reward. You just have to you have to like the video. Yeah, yeah, I, I feel that. Um, uh, uh, going back to the solo stuff, um, and, and especially uh, just the kind of songs that you're writing for that, I was just wondering, are, are those like kind of are any of those leftover Electric Six ideas that you just sort of like kind of put on the back burner until it's solo time, or do you kind of approach th- those types of songs from a different place? Because you got songs that are really really funny but also really really sad a song like um i'm so sorry i'm spaced on the the name of it off your last one um uh, and it feels like a song like that or, or is there truth to those songs or, or do you just kind of write as a character oh yeah well that that particular song yeah that was um i mean i don't write a lot of songs like that um uh that the one you're referring to that was literally like um the the woman i was with before my wife kate um um you know, we were on good terms, you know, broke up and all that. And then, you know, I, she, she passed away from cancer at age 40 and, um, uh, I went to her funeral and, uh, so it was just really about a, a song about that. Like the, everything I was feeling like at her funeral, like, you know, it's, it's a very, very unique, um, uh, feeling when you're at the funeral of somebody you used to be in a relationship with. And like a lot of time has passed. Um, um, it was, it was weird. So <laughs> I ended up, ended up writing, uh, writing that song. Uh, but most of my, most of my songs are about robots or demons or, or, you know, um, uh, just, uh, you know, you could, you maybe you could read into like a song, like, don't be afraid of the robot. Maybe that's about my parents' divorce. I don't know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I've always wanted, uh, for the most part, my bands, uh, my, my music to be fun, uh, uplifting, uh, you know, juvenile, uh, uh but you know, if you go on long enough, you know you're going to try different uh, routes of expression. Absolutely, uh, I, I do really enjoy all your solo stuff. I just I think it's a great extension of uh, just your your songwriting in general. Um, but as far as taking that to the stage, um, is that something that you really enjoy? Because I've seen you do like solo UK tours and stuff, and I gotta admit, I'm a little bit jealous of. Uh, people that can just literally throw an acoustic guitar in, in a tiny little car and just go on tour that way instead of having, yeah, you know, eight, nine people crammed in a van, driving around with all this crazy gear, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah, no, it's, I, I'm lucky that I get to do it. But, I mean, there are, there are moments on the road with Electric Six where it's just like, God, I love I love being on the road with these guys. This is great. Like, you know, it's, it's so much fun. And it, it, most, most times are like that. I just think that any, you know, the older you get, you realize that, any uh, uh, scenario of human relations, I mean, you know, you get t- you get sick of people, you know, like uh, what's what's the phrase like, uh, you know, uh, familiar- familiarity breeds content, that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, it's natural. So it's, you know, it's, it, so, yeah, in order it in order to kind of counter that, um, these solo tours have been great. And it is a lot of fun. You're just doing everything at your own pace. Um, you know, if uh, you can leave when you want, you can eat where you want, sleep at whatever hotel you want. It's uh, it, it is good. So I'm very lucky to do that. 
That's awesome. And and taking you know the, the live band experience into this new age with uh, the live streaming and, and things like that. You guys have really brought something I, 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 that I feel is unique to the table. Uh, it's not just a bunch of you know dudes just sitting in a room jamming uh, with nothing else going on. Maybe, maybe the the first one might have started that way just because that was you know early early pandemic. We were all trying to figure out what it was that we were going to do. But uh, the Halloween spooktacular that y'all did was <laughs> just hilarious, man. With all, just a great idea, like filming it at a prop warehouse and uh, having having the skits in there and everything. Um, is that something that you'd like to continue to do, even if touring does open up, or, or do you, is that just sort of a sign of the times? Oh no, I mean that. that I mean uh, it's. I, I would think. I would hope we'll do something like that. Um, you know, uh, even as touring opens up. I mean, you know. Like there, are, there's markets we've never been to. You know, I mean, I, I think you know, like there, I know, I know for a fact we have like five or six hardcore fans in South in South Africa, and you know, we never. So it's like a show like that, you know, en- enables people like that to see it. Um, I've been doing acoustic sets on on stage at .com quite a bit, and I will continue to do that even as touring, uh, you know, opens up. It's just, it's there. It's it's fun. You know, if you just want to, you you want to play play a set to some people, you can do it on your computer, and, and I don't think that's ever going to go away. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it's. I'm kind of like I have yeah mixed feelings about it just because I guess once you start I was curious if you experienced this once you start kind of creating your own solo music and and kind of hustling that way and doing your own shows and everything I find it very difficult to listen to anything new anymore because people say like what are you listening to these days I'm just I, my answer is me I just <laughs> record a lot of my own music and and sit there and mix it for hours and this and that it's it's really it's it's made it difficult for me to enjoy other people's live performances or, mostly just because I don't have the time anymore to to sit around and consume stuff I'm I'm sort of just constantly busy uh, do you have time or do you, do you make time to enjoy uh, things no like that? I mean I, I I haven't I haven't actively been a, a consumer of music for a long time just because I'm immersed in it um um you know like you know I, I have the memories of your band like in, in my head you know all the all the support bands we've toured with like you know all all, all the songs your songs that stand out a band like yip deceiver like i mean i, lo- I love i love you guys i love all, a lot of the bands we've toured with and and those those songs are still in my head you know and it's like so uh, you know and then you just you know we listen to music like you know as we're doing dishes and stuff here but i don't actively seek out like this band or that band i mean i'm 48 years old i mean i you know i spent my early 20s collecting records you know, I was a DJ on college radio. I, you know, I, I did the deep dive for like four or five years of that. And, you know, I, I, I just think, uh, yeah, for some people it, it can be a lifelong thing. And, uh, you know, I, I, like you say, I think for others, you know, you, it, it, there's only, there's only so many hours in the day. Uh, you know, uh, one of the best quotes I've ever seen about that, that kind of attitude is, um, I think the Minnesota Vikings had a punter, uh, like, like 10 years ago. And he just all of a sudden became like, an advocate for um, LGBTQ rights as the punter of the United, as, as the punter of the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> he was just like, you know, he was like going to pride parades and stuff. And, and, and like, um, somebody's like, why are you doing this? And his answer was, you know, this, in a 24 hour day, there's only so much time I can spend punting. That's <laughs> 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 the best thing. <laughs> you know, it's like you just want to mix it up a little bit. <laughs> oh my uh, God. Yeah. That's so, incredible. Yeah. yeah and uh, you, you had mentioned that you did uh, take my solo band out on tour. Thank you very much for that. That was so much fun. Uh, whenever uh, it came time for me to do the solo tour, I did. I got my Rolodex out. And I called up everybody, and I was uh, I was surprised at because that was right in the early days of the sword kind of hiatus, and I was surprised at the people that um, totally didn't return my phone call or or uh, answer my email or anything. But y'all were uh, I I think it was Dave that I hit up. Uh, you hit me up immediately with tour dates and and an offer, and uh, I was uh, so thankful for that because it was I think it was really important for me to to roll that. Um, that calendar back and I felt like I was 19 again you know we were getting paid you know like 200 bucks a night doing my own merch 
you know, no crew, just kind of out on our own. Um, it, it really brought me back um, to the early days where we came from. So thank you for that. I appreciate oh, yeah. No, it, was, it was a pleasure having you guys out. It was, it was, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I think what you said was that the last tour you've done? Was it, was that tour? I believe we did like a, a small uh, weekend of shows up to a festival back in October of 2019. And that, w- that was the last, yeah, um, yeah, show that we did, which is crazy to think about. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, time time is it's it's very strange, <laughs> especially this year. I, I um, I, when we did our, I went back to Detroit to record in Jan- in January of 2020, and um, uh, me and Nash and a, a, a friend of ours, we we went to some sports bar to drink like pitchers of Miller Lite after we recorded. And I texted those guys the other day. I was just like, you guys realize that night was the year 2020, right? And they're like, no, no, it feels like uh, that feels like 11 years ago. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, no, that was 2020. <laughs> for real. You know, yeah. uh, tour, touring a bunch, I mean, like uh, for for years and years, where it's just like, you know, over a decade ago, the sword, you know, we would tour really hard for like five years, you know, and then maybe take a year off to make a new record or something like that. And then tour really hard again for five years. And I definitely lost time. Like there was moments when. I would wake up and I mean it's like September, right? And they're like, dude, it's like Christmas is next week. Like, what? You know, like I mean, I, I'm I'm pretty used to not really existing in a normal what you'd call like a, I guess like a nine to five kind of like time schedule. But now the whole world is like that, <laughs> so it's it's really interesting seeing like an entire nation with PTSD. Um, yeah, from yeah. all this and and everybody, I think everyone it's made everyone a little bit more relatable uh, to to me or or by me, I guess I I, I don't know. It works both ways. Yeah, no, it's 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 definitely it's a it's a big reset button. You know, we've kind of. Le- I mean, I, I, I've heard this as well. Like when you look at like commercials uh, of people like in a in a restaurant or like maybe lot, watch like uh, sports highlights from like a packed stadium. Like the first thing that goes through your head is like they're all gonna die. <laughs> 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 you have to realize no, no, no that's from 2018. You know, so, <laughs> I, know, I yeah, saw something uh, too that was, people were like, you know, uh, any any movie with a party scene is now a period piece. Yeah, you know, I was like, oh god. Nah, I mean, I, I, everything I'm reading, and I, you know, I, I like to read, uh, you know, and I like to read the internet. So when I read the internet, um, you know, I, I do feel very hopeful about the uh, about vaccines and and how they're going to work. And I've also I've also learned that, um, the process of making these vaccines has been really helpful going forward. I think they've learned things about um about how to develop vaccines and how they work. Um, uh, quick, uh, very quickly, and so like going forward, uh, you know, for humanity, um, it, it, it's a big step forward. We shall see. I'm really excited about it. People keep hitting me up because uh, the this uh, Primus tour that the Sword was supposed to do that has been postponed until uh, July. Uh, people keep hitting me up. They're like, "Hey, man, we're coming to Austin for that show. Where should we stay?" And I just, I, I want to be like, "Don't, <laughs> don't, Wait, so back, don't, you're, don't you're, spend any money yet." You know, you're, you're supporting Pri- uh, Primus. Uh, yes, they uh, they had called us up to uh, support their Rush tribute tour, so oh, it was kind of like uh, best of both worlds. I know it's uh, it's going to be ridiculous. It's, no, I mean when, like when when when, when, t- when, tour, when touring opens up, that's going to be a hot ticket. So yeah, that, good good for you. That's great. We were so excited. That was like literally it took Les Claypool calling us up to uh, to get the band back together. So we're like, okay, let's do it. Yeah, man. Um, well, yeah, that, that's good. That's good too. I mean, you know, I mean, I I don't know the ins and outs of the sword situation, but uh, like that's you know, it, it it's 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 good to hear that uh, you, you guys are you guys are making making the, the steps forward and, and making it happen. So it's cool. Thanks. It, it's been so long. It's, uh, yeah, we started the band 17 years ago, which just blows my mind. I still feel like I'm yeah 20 years old. Uh, just right back to yeah, just jamming in a, a really sweaty uh, storage facility. Uh, it's, it's weird. It's, it's crazy how much time has passed. Whenever we just recently got rid of our practice space, 
uh, we were there for I think 16 years, 15 or 16 years. And I, I used to joke, I was like, when you go in there, it's like it's not HD anymore. It's like you go back to <laughs> you know, like the fuzzy, grainy, uh, yeah, 90s TV vibe in there. It's uh, <laughs> it's yeah. it's crazy how much time has passed. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I, I thank you so much for being on. I really appreciate it. Uh, if there's anything, uh, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm always on any any song <laughs> you wanted to uh, to play. I would love to play a song from the new record if you want to. If you'd like to give us one. Oh yeah, uh, uh, off the, off the top of my head, um, I'm, I'll I'll send you um, uh, a track called uh, uh, Pinball. It's, it's uh, I'll, I'll send it to you when we're done here, um, and then I'll, I'll send you my my fake podcast series as well. Just because uh, I'd love uh, to hear that. Yeah, please go to your uh, to Dick's Patreon page because apparently he has a, a, a fake podcast where he plays every character, and it, yeah. I cannot wait to check this out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, uh, give, give me your uh, give me your email. We'll do that. All, you, nobody should nobody should know your email on this podcast. I, 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 won't, I won't leak it, bro. Nobody's gonna know it's, your. It's yeah. easy to guess uh, for those out there that want to try. Uh, <laughs> Kyle Shut fucking rules at hotmail dot com. <laughs> How do you know? Yeah, oh god, yeah, yeah. it's over. I got to change all my passwords now. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. but but seriously, thank you for being on and uh, just hang in there. We're all. It, 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 it's a real shame. I used to see Electric Six. At least once a year and uh it's it's been yeah almost two years now since i seen you i got the itch and i know other people do too so yeah please oh, hang yeah. in there yeah thanks Th- thanks uh, mutual admiration respect society it's it's all I'm, I'm excited to see it see us all back out on the road and um uh, it's going to happen i'm 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 an optimist I, i'm an optimist i'm a fucking optimist <laughs> i'm a fucking optimist <laughs> <laughs> that's true all right. all right thanks man thanks kyle i'll right, yep. I'll, I'll talk to you soon yes sir Take care. bye-bye Oh yeah! Back.
Tuning into the highway this week. A big shout out to Reverend Guitars, Railhammer Pickups, and Earthquaker Devices. If you liked what you heard, you can follow where you can follow, subscribe where you can subscribe, and if you want to go one step further, you can support us on Patreon at The Highway with Kyle Shutt. For a few bucks a month, you can help us keep this party going, get early access to next week's episode, and even get yourself a shout out. 